0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Are Marina Gold, a podcast featuring me, Channel Becker,
1: And me, Aaron Williams.
0: Now, when when Aaron transferred from Marquette many moons ago, I want to know, did you, like, put up a Twitter post thanking the people of Milwaukee for all they've done for you? Um, did, like, you start getting texts from, from, uh, from Eric Taylor about, like, why you should come to the U of M? but was there was there any sort of like recruiting portal process when when Aaron decided to to
1: leave the school he was it one semester you had at Marquette yeah one glorious semester i uh, i i will say i uh, i i do wish um i i do uh, i do wish NIL was around back in my day cuz somebody might have somebody might have given me a grilled cheese sandwich or something <laughs> No, there was no uh, there were no private jets, there was no uh no texts from the athletic directors, um, no grilled cheese sandwiches unfortunately, except maybe from Tony's diner or something um at some point. But uh yeah, no, it was not. Very very different, uh very very different process though those many moons ago, uh, than than it seems like some of these players are going through today. You you mentioned NIL
0: stuff and I I wanna Say I was at the uh the football game on Saturdays, I guess you were too mm-hmm. uh that I only found out you were like half an hour ago when I started talking, but um there was this guy walking around carrying a sign that um yes without, it's not. Uh, oh so so yeah the one side of the sign said "Conference realignment killed c f b and I'm like. It's a little, killed is a strong word, but like I'll go up to him and say, "Hey, I'm a fan of Texas Tech. I I agree with that. And I don't think he really understood the connection or whatever. It's kind of an awkward interaction. But then uh, he walks away further and he turns around the side and I see it says nil killed college football and I'm like, oh. So it's one of these idiots then that I just you know endorsed. It it is unfortunate that uh, I guess I I. Being anti realignment sometimes puts you in, in a lot of the uh, the, the, the anti labor camps. Yeah, um, because some people only think about the sport they watch as entertainment and as not as something involving actual people, and just think about ways it may have been worsened or whatever. But anyway, so I'm, I'm glad, I guess, to know that you were not given any impermissible benefits. Uh, When when you decided to come to the U of M was very, Uh, was was very eligible. They're not going to vacate any wins uh, after the fact. No radio. K isn't going to have to tear down any banners. Nope. Um, Not, not at all. So, yeah, I, 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 I thought there might be a better segue out of this, this, this hackney joke, but I can't come up with one other than to say the Gophers regular season is over. The full season is not because uh, late Saturday night, Hawaii beat Colorado State on a walk-off field goal, and that meant that there was one slot needed, that needed filling for the bowls. and Minnesota as the number one APR team uh, among the five and seven teams that were eligible. Ended up getting the call, so they will play in some Bowl we don't know yet. We'll find out on Sunday. I would bet it's probably the Motor City Bowl, because that's the worst bowl the Big Ten has. Um, And also eight years ago when the Gophers were in this exact same spot, they went to the Motor City Bowl, you may recall. So we'll see how things shake out. But um, we will talk very briefly here because it is Thursday and a lot has happened since Saturday. Um, Just about the way they got to five and seven. And we can sort of make that a big picture discussion, discussion on how the year went. And where it needs to go or for things to be better but you know minnesota lost 28 14 to wisconsin after being tied at the half they didn't score one point in the second half which is not the first time this season that's happened that specific thing the, not the first was... time
1: this uh not the first what well, it, would, would it be the first time this month
0: Ooh, good question close,
1: close, awful close to it if not i <laughs> They kicked a field goal in the second yeah. half against Ohio State. I think they had a few points against Purdue. They did. Um, but the sort of it is, yeah, it, the, the
0: storing a few, if any, in the second half, that's been a pattern for Minnesota. Um, and the Gophers lost to the Badgers, um, in part because of that, but also their defense was just – it wasn't awful, but it just kind of – you know, one too many chunks, or Tanner Mordecai's running, or, yeah. uh, I guess Braylon Allen didn't play late. He might have been on a snap count. Um, but not being able to tackle a s the, the third strainer who wasn't very good. You know, just the, these little things that kind of built up, and then suddenly Wisconsin's up 28, and you desperately need a turnover. You give the ball away on that Daniel Jackson fumble. And then Nathan kelley man throws the last pass of his go career. um kind of to nobody and it ends up getting intercepted you know no explosive plays really uh that didn't come through the passing game which is mostly pass interference honestly yeah your passing attack wasn't very efficient either so uh it it seemed to kind of the the whole of the game kind of stood for especially this back half of the season the issues
1: that that we've seen in 2023 I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it was just it just felt like a lot of the other games. Like you said, there was the lack of production in the second half, the lack of offensive production. Generally, the defense deteriorated. You know, it didn't help that it seemed, It. you know, I will say watching it again from the stands again. Um. It's something made my angle wasn't great, but didn't help that. You know, Braylon Allen, they've remembered how to use Braylon Allen <laughs> seemingly for the first time all year. You know, they were just saving that for us. You know, I, I, not, not that we played him necessarily well, but he, he is a beast. He was and is and will, will be a beast. You know, Mordecai, I think also looked better. And how much of that is just our failures versus his own skill? I mean, we knew, we knew he, he has a history as a good quarterback and, uh, he certainly did more with his legs than I was anticipating. I know we talked a little bit about his mobility, but I wasn't I didn't think I was expecting that level of escape from him. Um but yeah, I mean to your point, I think it just it was it was those things but also just it felt like a familiar script um you know throughout and especially in the second half.
0: Yeah, and uh they they targeted Daniel Jackson a bunch in this game. Um in fact, I counted 15 targets which is uh the third most he's had all year he got nine catches for 121 yards So good game from him but there was not really a secondary option no. kelly manis was checking down a lot to jordan newbin breven Spanford only had two catches for 13 yards Ahmed bell had only one catch in his last game as uh, at that stadium when he he should have reeled in, honestly, the best throw of, of Kallik Manis's day, that fade
1: yeah, down the corner.
0: Yeah, on, on fourth down in the second half, that if, if he caught it, and he should have, it hit his hands. You know, I, I could say maybe the ball should have been like four inches in a different spot or whatever, but it hit his hands and he had a shot at it. And um, that, that's such a huge swing from being, you know, it's a one-possession game now, to if he catches it and then he, he doesn't and it's turnover on downs, so and that's basically it. Um but Elijah Spencer didn't have a catch. Lamecky Brockington did return for this game, but they didn't target him at all. It it seemed like Wisconsin was taking away most options and uh Calic Manis was pretty pedestrian. Yeah, I it 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 was it was just sort of it, it wasn't like a horrendous performance all around, but like it was just a lot of the same problems about not being able to contain a mobile quarterback um giving up more big runs than we've seen from the doofers in the past losing some guys uh where trayvon jones had to leave and we saw tyler bride whom they haven't really trusted all this season it, it's it's not fun ever to lose this game i wasn't really torn up about it because i've be- just become a bit zen but just matter of fact you know you are five and seven you lost two a rival you've beaten two years in a row, the game that most fans probably, you know, weigh your success against the most. Um, it just sort of, you know, further entrances like just this this is kind of how it is. P.J. Fleck has one year to show that this season is a blip, a reset, you know, something that happens to every program uh, just in a slightly worse way. And uh, if he doesn't prove that, then... He's not going to be the coach anymore, and uh, if if he does show that he can rebound, then um, you know things may not necessarily be peachy, but at the very least he'll have a little while longer to uh, to to stay in charge and and potentially put together some some good seasons. But um, it becomes a bit more complicated, obviously, when players start transferring out. Yep. Which you can say is one of the reasons why the Duffers are in this spot, where they were having to play these underclassmen linebackers for so long. Where, or or the the safety problems after losing Michael Dixon and um, Braylon Oliver and Donald Willis to other schools, or Beanie. Yeah, Beanie Bishop as well, who was a starter for West Virginia this year and was pretty solid. or you can look at the defensive line and not having Terrell Carter. You, you know, the, this is the season where it, it, it's, it's especially with the Gophers who I feel like have more transfers than the average team. Th- this could be the thing that ends up like sort of being the story of like why this stopped working, but it's also the chance for a program that is maybe um, losing some direction to kind of write things. And, we're, we're gonna probably find out details and why Ayton caliq Manis decided to transfer out. Um, and that within the next year, it was reported by um, Andy Greeter, Randy Johnson, that um, Flack apparently sat down with the quarterback room and basically said, I can't guarantee a starter. We're gonna look for transfers and the guys transferred. Um, the phrasing of the stories by both Randy Johnson and Andy Greeter came basically right up to saying our source is PJ Fleck. And then uh, Ethan Callagman says, dad yesterday tweeted, it had nothing to do with the idea of a potential transfer quarterback coming in. So we'll probably hear his end of the story at some point. I don't know. Regardless of the matter, he's gone. Drew the third-strain redshirt freshman, is gone, meaning that the only two quarterbacks on the roster right now are Cole Kramer, who walked on senior day, and I would expect is done as a gopher, and then Max Chicken the the uh, soon-to-be redshirt freshman, walk-on quarterback. Where 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 do you think this this leaves the gopher's, and what what do you think about um like manis's overall tenure and like do you think it still had
1: a chance to work it potentially had a chance to work i mean i wouldn't i don't think i would say anything otherwise he was a quarterback that had upside you know he just never really made good on it um at least not in a consistent enough way to guarantee him a starting job you know going forward so that's what i think he'll be remembered for is, is the is is the inconsistency more than anything else Um, Again, he did have those moments. He had a few good wins, you know, all of that. But ultimately, it was mostly inconsistent as far as I'm sorry. What else did you ask? Um, Just where where does this leave them um and I, I
0: can i can mention some of the other transfers that have left zach evans announced today yeah. he's transferring a true freshman marquise williams announced he was transferring i thought he looked like a gopher's back who might be able to, to work out in a couple years but he left jJ today J. backup tackle those are i guess the big ones but you know it's obviously incredibly thin at quarterback and it kind of yeah. necessitates that they get multiple quarterbacks in this this cycle
1: yeah absolutely absolutely it it, i i think you're you're spot on with with regards to that um you need to bring you need you need a quarterback i mean if you want to be at all competitive in the big 10 even if you want to be competitive in this year's big 10 west you need a quarterback you know i mean you want to be competitive anywhere you need a quarterback let alone going into what they're going into next year from a schedule standpoint you know that is very important. It almost hard to hard hard to overstate. So we'll see what that you know, looks like. I mean, with Evans, I'm disappointed, not surprised. I really wanted both him and Taylor back next year, but now I'll we'll settle for one. You know, I mean, I'm hoping, to hope, hopefully, Taylor stays. That's that's all, that's all I'm saying. Um, because I think they're two very gifted backs. You know, Evans obviously really flashed hard this year, but you know, it's just it's just the reality of where you're at, you know, um, not just you, but college football in general. You know, people want to get playing time. I mean, Evans probably saw Taylor and said, hey, if this guy's healthy, I'm not going to get the same kind of shot. I'm a good running back. I'm going to try and see another power five or be really, you know, all conference and mid-major something like that. You know, I mean, he's 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 good enough that he and has proven himself enough that he probably will get that shot somewhere else. So in a sense, you can't blame him, but. It is unfortunate from a Gophers fan standpoint um, that that is the case. It does seem like, again, most of the guys outside of him and Ethan that have transferred out, you know, the, the the roof is it's not it's not, you know, the end of the Patino era where literally everybody transfers out. It doesn't feel like at least up to this point, it doesn't feel like the you know, it doesn't feel like the the, the everything's bottomed out. It It could yet, but it is going to be very important to replace those guys and to, you know. Add in you know, add to whatever you you do bring back it's it's just it's just it's gonna be important to bring guys into the portal, so I mean, I've heard of some offers we've made um I know that that New Hampshire quarterback is supposed to be very good um but yeah we'll we'll just we'll we'll see i mean this, this is what we'll. The defining point of this off season will be who can you bring in through the portal and how can you stop the bleeding as far as transfers go. I mean, especially after a five and seven year, again, say what you will about NIL. I don't know to what degree that plays into some of these guys leaving. Maybe some, maybe a lot, maybe a little. I don't know. But yeah, it's a huge, huge off season and, and very important that you address those weaknesses and that you, you replace, you know, uh, replace everything in the off season.
0: Yeah, I've been updating my projected depth chart, and um, even with Kyle Manis leaving, only three positions uh, on offense, three positions on defense so far that you need to fill with new starters, center, quarterback, tight end, defensive tackle, cornerback, one of the cornerback spots, and then one of your safety spots, but I wrote a thing on my blog about what positions I think they'll want to address with transfers. Um, obviously, quarterback is top yes. of that. list. Um, yes. But I mean,
1: you, you, there there are some holes on defense that um, need to be addressed, right? Yeah, I'd say especially the defensive backfield. I mean, I think especially at safety. I think, I mean, we got some young guys, but I, I think with with Newbin leaving, I mean, I think that's going to leave a really big. And you mentioned all the transfers you've had out there, the graduations in the last couple of years. I mean, assuming Wally stays, I mean, somebody on the other side at corner, I think would be very, would be very, uh, very important because it doesn't feel like defined in the defensive backfield. I don't think you don't feel good without more transfers. I don't think.
0: Yeah, I, I actually think safety could be relatively. Secure because just they've they've played so many guys back there. It's true with with Green, Doosby, Bryson, um, not to mention Craig McDonald and Jack Henderson That's both right. will you know play deep from time to time, and they've got a four star commit right now, Troy uh, think Hopefully, it
1: is still a gopher. Yes. Well,
0: yeah, and and like. Uh, in, in a month we will, you know, be be very happy if Toy Parish uh Toy Parich and uh you know some of the other recruits are, are still committed. Like there's a, 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 a lineman from prior Lake Shiday Abasiri who recently got a USC prospect uh USC offer and it it sure would be nice to keep them around. But um but I, I think there are enough bodies, there's like real competition at safety to where I don't I mean I've seen the Gophers bring in transfers under Flect that I don't necessarily think are at positions they need to fill with transfers. Um, but safety I'm not as concerned with as, as cornerback because you're, you're right. It's not really defined who's there because Tariq Watson didn't really play much this season, more than other backup corners, but like not much at all. It was pretty much just Wally and Jones um, Tyler Bride, they didn't trust. Uh and Brian got into the Wisconsin game, but that was his first action all year, and he'll be a redshirt freshman next season. So it's it's just a whole lot of inexperience because they didn't rotate through anyone at corner this year, and that to me is you know m- much more concerned than any position, any other position on defense It's like you need to find someone who can show. That they can play opposite Wally, especially because, you know, USC is gonna be well, gonna on the schedule next year. UNC is still on the schedule.
1: Like they're they're gonna be teams who are gonna wanna throw the ball. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not I mean, I don't wanna make everything about the upcoming schedule changes and the the expanded Big Ten and the schedule next year and going forward, but yet yeah, it's a, it's it's gonna you're adding a bunch of teams to the conference that just fundamentally like to chuck the rock, you know. You got to be able to stop that if you want to be competitive at all with a lot of those teams.
0: Yeah, and it's also just even if, you know, they they just strapped the divisions and it was still the 14-team Big Ten. You know, the the West has so, like, cultivated its own house style, I guess, of of how to play football that there's a reason that Minnesota isn't really built to to deal with Purdue right now, and it's because they're built to stop Iowa and Wisconsin. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And you're just going to need to be able to to shift. And that is one of the things about Joe Rossi that I I do actually want to see. I'm I'm a very big Joe Rossi fan. I benefit of the doubt, even with struggles this year. Yes, I, I, I fully agree. Just the thing is, like, even with good defenses like Penn State last year still threw, you know, very well against them. Uh, like it, it, there, there obviously there's a talent disadvantage there. But if if the idea is the computers think you're a top 10 defense, then it's only so valuable if you, you're only proving that by shutting down opposing run games. And and you know it, the 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 this team is set up really really well and coached really really hard to defend one way. And I want to see if it can adapt and defend another way. Because if it can't, then well that's you know that that's a much bigger problem that um than than personnel because they're just just fundamentally fundamentally screwed. So anyway, as far as anything else, we we did mention the um the offer to Max Brosmer from N- New Hampshire. There are some other quarterbacks who have decided to transfer. You can go to 247 and and see their transfer portal list. Some of them are good, some of them will definitely not be
1: coming to Minnesota. <laughs> I don't um, think K.J. Jefferson Chandler. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I don't think we're yeah. from Oregon State. Uh, that that KJ
0: Jefferson would be very fun, or like um, uh, Drake Leonard. Is that the Duke guy? Uh, I'm not. I don't know as much about him. Riley Leonard. That's his name. Riley Leonard. He he's going to be transferring to Notre Dame. It seems like everyone already knows. Well, we'll just see who gets recruited and who hopefully shows up. Otherwise, there is a staff change to report. Andrew Souder, uh the tight ends coach, still officially the tight ends coach, has left the program to become an agent. Uh, quality control coach, coach Brian Sheehan, who had been apparently more involved with the tight end since September, um, but not officially changed, you know, his title. Uh, I pres- I would bet that he's going to. Be the interim tight ends coach, if not the permanent tight ends coach when things are done. Uh, we have all conference teams. Uh, the only first teamers for the Gophers were Tyler Newbin and Dragon Kessich. And then on the second team, Daniel Jackson and Ariante Ursary. Honorable mentions to Darius Taylor, Bevans Spanford, Nathan Boe, Quinn Carroll, John Joyner, Danny Strigo, Tyler Baugh, Justin Wally, and Mark Crawford. Um, so obviously it's going to be a very big month. Whenever we find out who the Drophers will be playing, we'll uh, get on researching them, whatever match team ends up being. And uh, we'll we'll talk about the bowl whenever we next convene. But first, we have some more football to watch this weekend because we have the conference championships in FBS and then the FCS playoffs. The Big Ten championship is not terribly interesting. It's because probably
1: it's, the least interesting of the bunch, I would argue.
0: Yeah. I, I, it feels like a game that could be close at halftime. And I mean, I, I'm sorry, I, I should say it's going to be a Michigan game where Michigan is, is close at halftime and then pulls away. But um, what other games are you, are you looking at?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, if, if this was a normal week and these matchups are just, I mean, it's such as the nature of the conference championships where you have the best teams for each conference facing off. I think almost all of these would be notable games. um, you know, I mean, obviously, as far as games with playoff implications, um, the Pac-12 you know, ch- championship, Oregon versus Wazoo, or at Wazoo, I guess they're in not, I guess not really at, but you get the point. Um, Oregon versus Wazoo is huge, has tremendous implications, and is a rematch of a very fun, very, very good game from earlier this year. Uh, that's going to be great. Uh, Georgia at Bama, or I keep saying at, I'm reading it at, it's it's on neutral site, you know, obviously um but Georgia bama and the SEC championship that has playoff implications big 12 championship potentially has playoff implications um i guess let's hope the playoff implications are that uh ut loses to oklahoma state not that we love oklahoma state but it would be funny um we 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 definitely do not love texas yes absolutely Uh, And then the ACC championship of Louisville and Florida state uh, is suddenly compelling with the loss of Travis for Florida state Um, Louisville. I know lost Kentucky last week and I think, I feel like 14 is probably a pretty okay ranking for them. I didn't feel like they were a top 10 team, but they have been pretty good. You know, they won a lot of games. uh, No doubt about that. And they have a pretty good shot against Florida state. I honestly, I hope Louisville wins this because I do not want to see Florida State in the playoff, minus Jordan Travis. I'm sorry, rest of your team, Florida State, I have nothing against you. It's just I want these games to be as competitive as possible, and I don't think a Jordan Travis-less Florida State team is going to be nearly as competitive um, as, uh, I don't know, some of the other offerings or some of the other potential matchups. So, uh, yeah, and then as far as the other games and smaller games, again, I think they're all good. I don't have much to say about the MAC. Um you know, obviously, there's a rooting interest in the, um, what is it? The, what, are, what are, is it? Conference USA that, uh, Liberty and yeah. New Mexico State are in? Yeah. 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 Um, keep forgetting that. Yeah. But, uh, obviously, New Mexico State is the, is the, we're not favored to win, but they're favored in our hearts with Jerry Kill, um, and favored in our hearts because they're playing Liberty, who is never favored in our hearts. Um, so there's that. Again, as far as the other games go, uh, I think SMU and Tulane will be really, could be really, 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 really fun. Those teams score a lot of points. And uh, Tulane, as I say every week, has only lost one game very early in the season, close to a very good all Miss team. Um, so I think 22 might even be a little low for them. Um, is that still true? Did they lose last week? Yes, they won. Yes. Uh, no. no. Two lane one last week. Yeah, that's what I thought. I just had the urge to recheck my my thinking. Um, but yeah, so um, all those games, and truth be told, the other ones, um, you can talk about the other ones, any of the other ones if you want. But uh, the other ones are also, uh, for the most part, very very good as well. I think there's only two that I didn't mention.
0: Uh, yeah, the Mountain West, Boise
1: UNLV, and uh, App State Troy are the yeah. other two. Yeah, all all good teams, good to very good teams. Fun to see UNLV, um, like New Mexico State, a program that was sort of sort of left for dead after like oh I don't know a century of being bad or 50 years of being bad or something. Um, not a, not a blue blood, uh, but they've had a very good year. Only um, lost a few games, um, and most of those pretty close. So. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to see what they have to offer. I know Boise State fired their coach, um, so that is a, always an interesting storyline. But it'd be sort of a fun, fun little redemption story from a perennial power, uh, if you will. Uh, so I have I have two questions regarding this these
0: games. Or I guess one is not really a question. One is a statement. Um, you, you should care about the Conference USA and AAC title games because. Um, this will determine which mid-major team gets into a New Year's Six Bowl, which I believe is the Cotton Bowl this year, maybe. Um, and uh, Tulane right now is the 22nd team in the playoff rankings, and Liberty is 24th. Obviously, we do not want Liberty to go to a big bowl game because we do not want anything there involved with legitimized. Um, and Tulane is very fun and good uh so we do want that for them so everyone root for the Dream wave the,
1: you know? the 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 ty j spears memorial campaign
0: yes absolutely um and I'll, obviously you know aaron aaron covered the reasons you know the other reasons to root for new mexico stay on a weekly basis but um there are some larger implications beyond team we like don't and, and team we don't like sort of thing so um, or school that should be burned to the, well, not actually burned to the ground, being what I'm saying. Um, the other thing, uh, I, I've sort of wanted to, to ask, so right now, this is the first time I've looked at the playoff rankings all year. Yeah. Number one, Georgia, number two, Michigan, number three, Washington, number four, Florida State, five, Oregon, six, Ohio State, seven, Texas, eight, Bama. Those are the eight that have a chance at the playoff right now. Let's say. The games go as we expect in that Georgia, let's, let's Michigan, say, Oregon. Let's say Georgia, Michigan, Oregon win, but Florida State loses. Um and so I I guess the, the question is or yeah, yeah. The the question is if in that scenario would Washington be the four? Is Texas the four, unless they lose to Oklahoma State? Is I, I don't think Ohio State would
1: jump um, into in that fourth spot. But what what would your thoughts be? I think Washington. I mean, it's not that Texas or Ohio State haven't played tough schedules, but I think if Washington is a, is a really competitive against Oregon, but ultimately loses that game. And then Florida State loses. Obviously, Oregon probably jumps up to three. But I think Washington, as just I, not only do I love watching them play. Obviously, Pennix is a great story, and their receiver is um, God tier. But the Pac-12 we discussed all year is very, very good, and they rolled through that conference. You know, um, I know they had close games late against um, like Oregon State, um, Oregon. I think they had one other really close game against a really good team um but they also had close games against bad bad teams is the thing they they only beat stanford by
0: 9 they only beat arizona state by 8 um obviously arizona is a good team but they only beat arizona by 7 like they they played a lot of close games this year and i i
1: think or or oregon is the better team i think oregon is the better team and i i think they'll win but that's why i say it and you know i i just think i mean think about it if if oregon beats washington Washington will still have wins against Oregon, Oregon State, Wazoo, Utah, USC, o- Arizona, bo- and Boise. I mean, that's seven pretty high-end wins, right? Yeah, they, that, that's the thing. It's like, if this was a straight,
0: you know, quality ranking, I don't know where Washington would fall. You can go to any of the Massey ratings or, or SB plus or whatever for that. But um, the, the fact of the matter is to me, like, obviously they, they uh, people will usually frame things in terms of like, if you beat a team that you lost to when you play them in the conference title game, you know, it's sort of like avenging your one loss. Um, but like the order of those two events doesn't necessarily have to be what it is because yeah. You know, it's essentially two really, really good teams splitting two games. Uh, and and granted, you know, winning on your home field by three versus, you know, let's say they even lose by like 10 in Vegas or something. Um, you know, those the, those can be sort of, you know, framed as potentially being like, oh, you got a little bit lucky at home or whatever. But like, you know, the, the short of it is like you, you beat the team that's going to the playoff once and you lost to them once if that's the only time you lost i think washington would deserve to get in but if they say we want the the conference champion from the big 12 especially if they don't make it if, if texas doesn't make it close against oklahoma state which um i have some first-hand recent first-hand experience recently on them not leaving it close um you know maybe they would say texas i i think washington would deserve it probably equally as, as much as Texas, even if I don't want Texas to have things.
1: Yeah, and again, Texas is one loss. You know, it's not to Oregon, but Oklahoma, pretty solid, you know, pretty good team. Um, as far as wins they have, they they did beat Bama, which is a huge win, obviously. Still a win that looks really, really good. Um, Kansas, good win. I mean, all right win. Kansas State, all right to good win. I mean – then they'd have Oklahoma state too. You got to give them that. So you have four and a half, five, six, all right to good wins. But I, again, I just, I just think, I just think the PAC 12 this year was, was, was good, such that I would reward now, again, not that explicitly this rewarding the conference per se, cause that's not how it works, but I would reward the team that rolled through that rolled through the better conference, even if they played some close games. Um, and by the way, you know, Texas played some close games too. Not 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 all of them, but Iowa State, TCU, Kansas State, Houston, can I guess Kansas wasn't close. You know, um, close wins. Just saying.
0: Yeah, and if we're gonna deem Washington for some close post games, and Texas does deserve uh, deserves to be deemed for those two, but either way, we'll we'll see what happens. Um,
1: there's any path? Do you think there's a path for do you think if I guess Ohio State probably gets in if Florida State, Oregon, and Texas lose, right? And Georgia wins is probably the only plausible path for Ohio State. If uh if Oregon, Texas, and Florida State, was that you said? But yeah, so Georgia beats Alabama, so Alabama can't leapfrog Ohio State. Oregon, Oregon loses to Washington, giving them two losses. And Florida State loses to Louisville. That yeah. probably and then Texas would probably have to lose to Oklahoma State or it'd have to be really ugly to have for that to be a conversation. So Ohio State's not dead, but it feels like a lot of dominoes have to go their way for them to get the fourth seed.
0: Yeah, I, I would say that's the scenario exactly
1: for Ohio State to get it. And then and then for Bama, it's beat Georgia and you're in, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think Bama, if they beat Georgia, certainly leapfrogs all those teams. So, do you think if Bama, I mean, yeah, I mean, because a one-loss Bama, does a one-loss Bama, just oh, here's a question: does a one-loss Bama leapfrog even an undefeated Florida State? Again, I think they're a better team. I think they would destroy them head-to-head without, I mean, without Jordan Travis. But I, I think just the the pattern
0: of the committee is usually such that like it's. If your uh, their their first choice is undefeated power conference champion, and then their second choice is one loss power conference champion, and therefore it would you would have three undefeated champions, and then one, yeah, and then your pick of a couple one loss champions. If that's Texas and Alabama, and the question is, would they say Bama's been better? They've beaten Georgia. Or would they say the head-to-head of Texas beating Bama means more? The latter, I think, is more likely. So I think Bama would get in if they beat Georgia, and if Texas loses. But if Texas wins, I think they would probably pick Texas. But that doesn't feel right when you know they had Georgia number one all year. And I, it, I mean, I, either way, you know, they're they're not my teams. Yeah. So like I'm not really gonna be happy with the lineup regardless unless Washington or Oregon wins, probably. Uh though I, I don't hate this Florida State team like I have prior Florida State teams, but you know, we we'll see what happens. It's it's not our job. What I can talk to you about in concrete terms though is the FCS playoffs. All right, let's talk let's talk about uh, This is just the schedule Richmond plays Albany 11am on ESPN plus in fact all these games are on ESPN plus except the last one I mentioned, which also is even if it's also on ESPN two. Youngstown State Villanova at 11 Chattanooga Furman at noon Sacramento State South Dakota at one Mercer South Dakota State at one North Dakota State Montana State at two, then there's a gap. And at eight o'clock, Delaware plays Montana, the number two seed, and then at nine is the ESPN two game, Southern Illinois against number four Toledo. I don't really have any game to highlight here. I do think that North Dakota State, Montana State, is probably worth watching, uh, because even if you know they're not like the the peach of their respective conference. You know, it, they're they're still very high-level programs, and um, North Dakota State's only losses this year were to other Dakota teams. And Montana State was was really really good, but just happened to lose to Montana. So, um, you know, there's good football this this weekend in the FCS. There's good football this weekend in the FBS. So, um, good football period. Always, always good football, unless you're watching the NFL. <laughs> Unless you watching the Vikings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, is there anything you want to throw out uh, here
1: before we go? Because we're not going to be recording next week unless something big happens. Yeah, no. Um, I'm just I'm excited to watch some of these games. I'm excited to see how it shakes out. I do think, again, I think Georgia's the favorite, again. But, you know, maybe this Georgia team is as invincible as the last Georgia team. And maybe we won't have a... a a playoff, an FBS, you know, a national title game decided by whatever, 65 or 70 points. So I just, I want, I want good games across the board. That's all I care about. And then a couple of select teams losing, but that's an aside.
0: I, I think it's probably Michigan should be the favorite, but you know, this is the season I became tired of Michigan, so it'd be nice if they didn't win the title. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, everyone uh, polishes off their Thanksgiving leftovers and has a has a really good weekend.